Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ace Football Academy. This is our World Soccer Roundup for the weekend of November 17th. Not a lot going on this week, Coach, with the international break, but some things to definitely discuss, including for the first time in a while, you beat me in our picks last week. Well, as I said before, making sure you good about it, give yourself a little lead. No, seriously, yeah. The crazy thing is, a lot of times when we make our bets, we're losing on draws or vice versa. So I just went my way this time. Hopefully I can keep the ride going, but we'll see how it goes next week. Yeah, Coach Donovan went five and three. I went four and four last <laughs> week. And so that brings us to Donovan is 31 and 50 overall. I'm 34 and 47 overall. Um, just a reminder that we do have our new official Twitter handle at Ace underscore football. That is at A-C-E underscore S-U-T-B-O-L. Please make sure you give us a follow on that. Coach, last weekend we spent a lot of time talking about the Chelsea-Man City match. We were both kind of, I don't think either one of us thought Chelsea was going to win that game. I definitely didn't. I took Man City. You surprisingly, I think, took the draw, if I remember correctly. That is correct. And they drew 4-4 in a wild game. And the only reason that took that draw is City is showing flaws. And Chelsea has a good coach. They've had some injuries, but they still have a good coach. So I took a swing at it. But City has issues going on. And the teams are exploiting it. And I hope that continues. I'd like to see City drop into the third or fourth place. Let's get some new champions out there. But I love that this draw came about. Yeah, I watched the first half, and the first half was 2-2, and so clearly the second half was 2-2 as well. So, you know, City's having really some trouble defensively. I don't know if you call it marking years. I don't know if you just call it a formation-type issue, but they are really struggling defensively, giving up some goals when the Man City that we used to know didn't do that very often. No, so not at all. It'll be interesting to see how they come out of the international break and move on from there. Coach, the biggest highlight of last weekend was that, and as I mentioned, all of this happened because I jumped on board, (laughs) but Gotham FC is your NWSL champions. Coach, I've already ordered a shirt. I got a championship shirt on the way. It was a fun match where, let's just go ahead and jump to the NWSL. Let's just go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um. You know, Gotham FC jumps out to a 1-0 lead. Well, let, let's go to the very beginning. Meg Rapino, Yeah. They get subbed out within the first five minutes of the game with, I think it was an ankle injury. I, I, don't, I don't know how significant she was going to be in the game, but that being her last just soccer so game as a pro yeah, just so hard. is heartbreaking. Yeah. And, and you and I have been very critical of Megan Rapino. Sure. However, we know what she has meant for not only really just women's soccer in general, what she has meant for them. And so it was really, really tough to see her go out like that. Gotham FC does score first and then not, what, five, ten minutes later, Rose Lavelle finds the equalizer. On a fantastic finish, too. On a fantastic finish. But Gotham FC is able to find a second goal pretty late in the match, relatively late in the match, and win 2-1. to 
a final that you predicted, you just predicted it the wrong way. But congratulations to Gotham FC on their first championship. And a, a complete underdog. Yeah, absolutely. All Clean. season, struggled around mid-table all year. We had Portland and San Diego just really swiping through the season. And here's Gotham coming out of nowhere. But we, you and I talk about this all the time. No matter what sport you're in, who's going in the playoffs hot? Yeah, absolutely. Who's going into a cold? Whose players are fresh? And Gotham, they looked cohesive. They snuck in as that six seed. Absolutely. And got in based on goal differential. And you know, that's, that's a whole conversation for another day. But again, congratulations to Gotham FC and to me for... <laughs> winning that championship there you go coach we are on an international break the men as of us are recording right now are playing trinidad and tobago in a zero zero at half despite trinidad and tobago being down to 10 men so a little concerning there well from what i've seen the u.s men have had i don't know six seven maybe eight corner kicks already in the first half so they're they're pounding the goal they're just not they're not getting that final you know, pass into the box for the finish. I mean, it's there. I think they're going to get the goals. And it's one of those, once they get that one, the floodgates, three, open. three or four will follow yeah. swiftly after. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's such a funny conversation. And I think one that maybe we could have at some point on this podcast, you grow up and especially at younger ages and, and as as you move and get better and improve, scoring in soccer is hard, regardless of who you're playing. And you and I dive kind of fall back on the teams we're coaching a lot. I know it's Trinidad and Tobago. I get it. But scoring in soccer is hard. And it is, it's one of those things where like, yeah, I, I get it. We're the superior team and things like that. But we can't be disheartened by, of course, when you're playing a man up, then maybe, okay, we're now, now we're a little disheartened. But it's one of the conversations that I've had with my 2011s on just, hey, scoring in soccer is hard. Let's not panic. Let's keep playing our game. And I think you see that at the professional level quite a bit. Yeah, I think it's, I like that you brought that up because especially with young players, when they get scored on, they kind of understand that it happens, right? Or if you've had 10 shots and none are score are going in, you have those days. You have to battle the entire game, regardless if they scored one or two goals, because you can always come back. You just got to believe and you got to keep fighting. Absolutely. Coach, let's, what do you want to do? We're talking about the U.S. men right now. Do you want to go ahead and jump into the U.S. women and kind of flip our program on its heels i would love to all right well let's flip that program on its heels we're gonna go out of order a little bit coach the big news from the women is as you kind of predicted maybe a week or so earlier than you thought especially yeah. with the behind the scenes of it yep but the u.s women team have a head coach it is emma Harris, who is the current chelsea women's manager and i think that you and I both have kind of looked at her resume and looked at what she's done. She is clearly qualified. Absolutely. I think, and, and I love, and I'm, when you and I first started messaging about it, I love that they went outside the box. I love 
that they tried something different or going to try something different. Yeah, because it's almost always been someone within the U.S. Soccer Federation. And I I don't know how involved either the players were in this. Before, from what I've read, they've asked some of the players or specific players what they would like to see brought in. So I haven't seen any responses from the players. I like to look into a little more details of how they're responding to it, but it sounds like they've listened to some suggestions, not specifically type of manager, but what their attributes are. Well, and you would hope at this level with professionals, you would go to your stars and say, hey, talk to me a little bit about what you're looking for, what you hope. I think you have to be careful with that because you can end up with some biases and things like that. But but I think you have to at least consult, even if, I mean, I don't know this sounds terrible, but even if like, hey, we're not going to listen to you, but we're going to pretend like, hey, right. we're asking you, you know, so I, I like the MAAs hire. My only question, and you and I talked about this a little bit off air, it doesn't bother you as much as it bothers me, but ultimately... She is not going to start her tenure with the uh, women's team until May after the current pro season ends, right. which puts them you know, not too far out of the Olympics. And I don't know, how, how do you, to me, that's a little worrisome, especially when you look back at the last two big tournaments that the U.S. women have played in. They've been very disappointing, very underperforming. And I don't know, I think it's a quick turnaround for her. I hope it works out great, but I would like to, I would have liked to have seen her kind of commit a little earlier. I think the only thing that I'm worried about is how is she going to put together her staff on the national team? Is she going to have time during the international breaks to do some interviews, meet some new people? Is she just going to bring her Chelsea squad with her? I mean, yeah, all great questions. So that that's what I'm more worried about. I don't see it as big of an issue. She's going to have a couple months to run her camp prior to the Olympics. She'll have time to implement her game plan. Like you said, we're dealing with professionals here. They can listen to what she's got to say. They can work on it during camp. And they can be ready for the Olympics. So I'm not concerned about the time frame, it's more what's her staff going to be and is she going to be able to get comfortable with those players for the Olympics? Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And, and again, I, I hope it's the latter and they're going to be just fine. But the U.S. women could really use a good showing in a big-time tournament. Well, here's what I read about Emma Hayes. So, number one, she's very good at her player management. So she's personable. She has her one-on-ones. You know, she makes sure everybody on her team is, I guess, feels valued in some way. But when she plays her matches, she's not playing a formation for the season. What I saw is she'll change formations in the middle of a game. Like, hey, they're pinching us from the outside in because of a formation. So let's change it to a three, four, three, and let's push it in the attack and go over the top kind of thing. So 
It sounds like she's very good at adapting to every different type of defense that she goes up against. And and that's tricky for an opponent because you don't know what you're going to be dealing with in game one to game two. And it's funny you bring that up simply because what was the big, I would use the word complaint, what was the big complaint from the players who spoke out after the World Cup? It was, we hated our formation. Right. We were playing that 4-3-3, and none of it, like, it wasn't working. We didn't like it. We hated it. And then the best game they played was the game that they came out of that 4-3-3, and, you know, they did something different. So, again, you go back to, did they talk to the players? Are we looking at these types of things? So, I am excited. I hope I hope that it works out for MAs and the U.S. Women's National Team. But, you know. New new blood, it, it, I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, I agree. Just like you said, it's outside the box. She has the resume. She has the pedigree. I'm excited for it. So let's get down to business on that. Absolutely. Coach, let's dive back. Let's circle back now to the ML- MLS, where we are about a week away from the... Conference semifinals where in the East we have Orlando City versus Columbus Crew and then FC Cincinnati versus Philadelphia. Coach, let's start there. Well, I'll say this. I think the East semifinals is a step above the West semifinals. I think all four teams are capable of getting to the championship, championship game. Looking in the West, you've got the Houston Dynamo versus Sporting KC. And you've got Seattle Sounders versus LASC. Sporting KC. How are they here? St. Louis completely dropped the ball. Houston Dynamo hasn't been great. They about what fourth and sixth position, and that's a little bit here and there. That's the thing. We'll do our picks in just a minute, but there is a scenario where Sporting KC moves on to the conference finals. It's it's one and done. Yeah. Well, and, and you and I mentioned that a little bit last week. We we don't love that. Yeah, that setup. But but that's where we are. Coach, let's start in the East. Orlando City, Columbus Crew, kind of the when the bracket comes out, it's kind of what you thought you would see there in that semifinal. Absolutely. We followed the Columbus Crew a little bit just because they're, you know, that hell is real robbery, things yeah, like that. Right. But. I don't know. Can they go on the road and get a win in Orlando for uh, on a night? I, I don't. I don't hate picking Columbus Crew here, but especially in this MLS where it seems that road teams have done okay. Right. Yeah, that's true. But but I'm gonna let you go first on this one. Yeah, this is a really tough one because Orlando City finished the season very strong. Columbus Crew started getting hot going into the playoffs. I think it's going to be a, a great match. This is one of those games that you can see going into overtime. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Maybe even in the PKs. I'm going to go Orlando City only because home field advantage. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm getting them here. But I'm going to take Orlando City. I, I think this is going to be one of the best games of the weekend here. I would. I, I think Columbus Crew winning this game, I agree with you. I think it's the best game of the semifinals. I, I truly believe that. Now, whether it ends up that way or not, I don't know. But I think it, although 
the other side of the East is really good too. But I mean, could you imagine Columbus crew FC Cincinnati's conference final? I mean, that would be that would be bonkers. Unbelievable. If hell is real our area in the playoffs yeah. to go to the championship. So you know what? I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take the crew I like it. to win. And let's let's have some fun. I would love I would love for that to go down. The other final, as we just kind of alluded to, is another really good match on paper with FC Cincinnati versus the Philadelphia Union. We are looking at two teams that have been relatively the same. Cincinnati got off to just such a fantastic start this season. You know, I, I wish, and I'm sorry to cut you off there. No, you're good. I wish I could look back. Did, did FCC not beat them? Times this season, no, so I, I have split. right here. FC Cincinnati won one to nothing way back in April, okay, and then they tied oh, okay, two two with both teams receiving a red card in on September 16th. They tied two two in Philly. Oh, well, Martina, or I'm sorry, Jack Elliott received a red card in the 94th minute. Mascara received a red card in the 83rd minute. Oh, so, so both late ejections. So late ejections, but a game that was tied 2-2. So at home, it's hard to go against FC Cincinnati at home. I, I agree. I think that's the one thing that we can say home field advantage matters is going to be this game here. If it was Philadelphia, I almost feel like it's going to be in Philadelphia's hands. But I feel like Cincinnati has had the advantage when they played Philadelphia, at least over the last two seasons. And for that reason, I feel like Cincinnati is going to win it in regulation. It's going to be a tight game. I'm looking at two to one. I don't see a shutout here, but this is going to be a tight game. But I see FCC finishing this in regulation. Yeah. You know, when you look back at the stats of that two, two game, FC Cincinnati does kind of dominate, especially when it comes to possession and passing accuracy. They were much better that night. The shots, shots on target were very similar, but just one of those moments where you think, and especially, it was a regular season game, okay, fine, but in the conference semis, you know TQL is going to be absolutely it's gonna be rocking. rocking. It and, will be rocking. And so I'm going to take FC Cincinnati as well. Absolutely. Coach, let's dive into the West where we have a few fun games. The Houston Dynamo who you've kind of liked all season long, taking on Sporting KC. And then another interesting one, I think, in the Seattle Sounders and LAFC. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Sounders and LAFC. Two teams that stuck in the top four, top three all year. So they've been pretty solid from start to finish. LAFC hasn't been as solid. I guess I don't want to say any part of the season, but they've been inconsistent week in and week out here. I'm gonna, we're going to pick this game first here between Seattle and LFC because I think the other game is a little more interesting. I'm taking the Sounders only because LAFC has been inconsistent throughout the season. Sounders have been playing pretty well. They've been handling their business. De defense is really strong. It's at home. I'm taking the Sounders to go all the way here. I'm going to take the Sounders as well for everything you just said. And, you know, LAFC was supposed to be this team that was undefeated and phenomenal and awesome all year long. And 
they're supposed to be the team to beat. Yeah, and they just really underperformed. And I think that continues on the road at, at Seattle, and I'm going to take the Sounders as well. On the other side of things, I am sure you're going to take the Houston Dynamo. I've been riding them all year. You I'm have. I'm sticking with them. And how boring is this week going to be? Because we only have one game difference, but I think this is where it runs out for Sporting KC. I, I think, think as Dan's agree, Sporting beating St. Louis was an unbelievable fluke. Yeah. The fact that they beat them two out of three games, back-to-back games at yeah. that, yeah. is insane. But I agree with what you just said. Their luck is going to run out. Houston's been pretty... St- I don't want to say they've been top-notch, but they, they usually get the job done when yeah. it comes down to it. So we're both taking Houston here. Yep, absolutely. Um, coach, again, the Trinidad and Tobago game is currently happening. They'll play again on the 19th, the U.S. men's team. Um, something we didn't men- mention is Pulisic, Adams, and Wea all out with injuries. So maybe that has some... Yeah. When I saw they've got some new players in the roster, Tim Ream, who's, yeah. what, 400 years old, starting tonight. So it sounds like Bear Halter is trying out some new things, which isn't a bad idea. Not at all. However, it is Country Cat Fishes League. He needs to win these games. Yeah, I agree. So whatever he's doing tonight, hopefully on Sunday, it's a stronger lineup. But, of course, you need healthy players. Absolutely, Coach. A couple of things before we sign off tonight. First, if you are a avid listener and enjoy listening to us, please make sure you give us a five-star rating on your preferred podcast platform. Secondly, Coach Dunham is out of town next week. He is traveling abroad, which I'm sure you're excited about. Yeah, we're pumped. And that means I, I need I need a guest host for our World Soccer Roundup. So you listen to this podcast and you are interested in Hosting with me, please do not hesitate to reach out. We are on Facebook at Ace Football Academy, and then we are on Twitter at Ace underscore Football F U T B O L. So please, please, please reach out if you are interested in guest hosting next week. So I don't have to sit here by myself and talk. <laughs> um, and as always, Coach, you and I are both a little under the weather this evening, so I appreciate everyone listening in. And hanging out with us tonight. And we excuse ourselves for our coughing in the background. Absolutely. And so, again, appreciate you. Coach Hamilton, Coach Dunham, let's go kick some ace.